This is Page Gear Theory 3, Unit 2, Part 1. Now we're talking about uh, PVCs, premature ventricular complexes. And uh, oh, we just finished talking about PVCs. Now we're talking about VTAC. So VTAC is a Y-complex tachyrrhythmia. Um, is that coming from a single focus or multiple foci? And how would you know? Single? How come? You're absolutely right. Because it's regular, exactly. And, and ectopic foci have the property of rhythmicity. If they fire in sequence, they tend to fire rhythmically, right? So it's Y-complex, it's regular, it's coming from a single focus. And we don't see any discernible P waves in there. So Y-complex, no discernible P waves, regular tachyarrhythmia, that's VTAC until proven otherwise. Most of the time when you see a regular Y-complex tachyarrhythmia, um, rest assured that at least 80% of the time, it's going to be VTAC. So whenever com someone comes to a rhythm, rhythm, like a 12 lead or something, and says, is this VTAC or is it SVT with aberrancy? Because people love to do that. Just look at it and you don't even have to think about it. You just say it's VTAC because you've got an 80% chance of being right. It's going to be VTAC. Look at their age as well, right? If they're over 50 or over 60, the chances of VTAC are go up even higher. If they're over 70, the chances of VTAC are like 95%. Um, the incidence of SVT with aberrancy are really low. Right? So, VT. So, a couple things about VT. So, heart rate's usually between 120 to 250. They say, you know, if you've got a Y-complex tachyrrhythmia that's like 110, that's a really slow VTAC. You know? And I don't know that I would worry about a, a VTAC of 110, but 120 to 250 is the typical range. Greater than 250 would be considered ventricular flutter, and that would be lethal. That patient's probably pulseless. Uh, so P waves. There are no uh, P waves preceding the QSs. However, um, some patients with VTAC will have AV dissociation. What's the other rhythm with AV dissociation? Third degree AV block. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so in ventricular tachycardia, 50% will have a focus down here and it'll depolarize the ventricle and the atria and it'll cancel out anything that's going to fire from the SA node, right? The other 50%, the SA node will be firing. The focus will be firing. This one might be focus firing at, let's say, 80, just for fun. This one might be focusing at, uh, firing at 180, we'll just say just for fun. And when that happens, if the SA node is firing and the focus is firing um, and the two are disassociated because this one's firing faster, um, you're going to get P waves buried somewhere in that Y complex tachycardia. So you're still going to have a, a regular Y complex tachycardia tachyarrhythmia with P waves that alter the QRST wave morphology and if you're able to see them they march through and if you see AV dissociation in this group uh, if you can if, if you're looking at a, a Y complex tachyarrhythmia and you're saying this is VTAC and somebody else is saying well how do you know it's not SVT with aberrancy uh, if you see AV dissociation you see P waves superimposed and they fire at a slower rate and they alter the QRST wave morphology, you can say the patient has AV dissociation and that is diagnostic of VT. Diagnostic of VT. That's a lot of things to remember, eh? 
That's a lot of things to remember. That's why this is one topic. This is why I've got books for this topic. This is why this is one topic. You just got to review over and over again. The QR, uh, QRS codes will take you to the video content. The videos are no more than four or five minutes long, max. They're really short. Just review them over and over again. Yeah, if I were to draw it out, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? I think better still. Let's Google one. Let me pause this recording. So, Jake, to answer your question, um, what you might see is like a, a little, they're usually pretty subtle, a P wave there, maybe a P wave here, right? Uh, maybe a P wave up here. That's really pronounced, but it'll be subtle. It'll fire at a slower rate, and it'll be completely disassociated with the QRS. Now, clinically, so when a patient's in VTAC, um, they can present along a spectrum. They could be relatively asymptomatic, they could be symptomatic, they could be hemodynamically unstable, or they could be in cardiac arrest. Because they could be, you know, VTAC is one of the shock rhythms, right? So you can get a patient's VSA who's VTAC. So if they're hemodynamically stable, maybe mildly symptomatic, and you're transported to the hospital, and you're not worried too much about their hemodynamics, that would be at least, a, that would be a CTAS2 minimum, even if they were just mildly symptomatic, maybe even code 4 CTAS2. Um, you can look at their neck veins to see if they have AV dissociation, because if they have um, the atria depolarizing at a slower rate than the ventricles, what'll happen is from time to time, the atria will depolarize or will contract against closed AV valves. Because if the ventricles are contracting simultaneously, the AV valves will be closed. The atria will be contracting against closed AV valves, and the blood will back up into the neck, and the neck veins will go rip, 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 rip. <laughs> they won't make that noise. But you'll see irregular jugular venous distension. They call them cannon A waves. It's not something I would immediately look, well, I would look for it just because I'm a cardio geek, um, but it's not something most people would look for. But if you've got a stable patient in what appears to be a VTAC, look at their neck veins. Um, now, if you look at anyone's neck veins, you'll see them pulsate, but they'll pulsate with their heartbeat. If they're pulsating irregularly, slower than what you're seeing on the monitor, that's Canon A waves, right? That's, and that's also diagnostic of VTAC. You watch anyone sleeping, you watch their neck veins, you can see them pulsating, right? You can see their aorta pulsating. I know, like we don't tell people we're doing this, that we're sleeping with, right? They cannot know, it must be a secret. They wake up and they look at you, just pretend you were looking at them like, oh, you're the most beautiful person in the world. You know, not like your jugular veins are really interesting. <laughs> right? It, it's a curse, I'm sorry. It is a curse. Now you have it. Don't blame me. I'm just the messenger. Just. Uh, so you can have, remember we said SVT, you can have SVT in short bouts as short as three consecutive rapid beats. VTAC, same thing, can happen in threes. Three is a magic number for a lot of things, right? Vomited three times in 24 hours, not so good. Three SVT beats in a row, that's SVT. Three consecutive ventricular beats in a row, an attack of cardiac rate, 
that's a sh short run of VTAC. So people can have short runs of VTAC. Um, people who have short runs of VTAC are likely to present with what kinds of signs and symptoms? Say they're having five beats in a row, normal sinus, 10 beats in a row, normal sinus. What would you expect them to tell you about their signs and symptoms? Kendra? Yep, dizzy or lightheaded. What else? Yeah. Yeah, fish flopping. I never, no one's ever described it as fish flopping, but that's a great description. But palpitations, fish flopping, yeah. I would think that's a, like a newfie thing, you know? My heart feels like fish flopping. I would, I think if I was a medic in Newfoundland and someone said that to me, I would just die. I would not be able to control my laughter. Yeah. You know what, in fact, I like that so much if I ever have to call an ambulance for myself again, and I'm having <laughs> palpitations, I, uh, what are you feeling, Rob? I'm fish flopping. <laughs> is that a carp or is that a, <laughs> is that a halibut? Is that a bass? Is that a walleye? Uh, so yeah, uh, syncope can happen, right? Not uncommon with older patients. When you get there, they feel fine. They look good, they feel fine, they look amazing. But their friends tell you they had a syncopal episode, and syncope, right, if they're sitting and they have syncope, that's a red flag. If they're older and they have syncope, that's a red flag. If they're really young and they have syncope, that's a red flag. Um, if they have heart disease and they have syncope, that's a red flag. If they have chest pain or abdom abdominal pain before they syncopize, that's a red flag. And uh, it could be, could be runs of VTAC. So we gotta put every, everyone who has a syncopal episode on the cardiac monitor and look for arrhythmias. You may never see them, but we gotta look for them, right? So three, v three consecutive beats in a row can be uh, VT. And I put the numbers there just in case anyone had trouble counting. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea? Uh, so in the case that VTAC is between dissociation, yeah. there will be a PWA that marches through. Yeah. So the only difference between third degree block and VTAC is rate? Is rate, yeah. Except that some 50% of VTACs will not have AV dissociation and 50% will. But yeah, rate. Okay. Yeah. So. So with uh, third degree AV block, it's because there's a block in the AV node um, and there's an escape pacemaker down below. In here, there's no, probably no, um, with VTAC, there's probably no problem with the SA node or AV node. It's just a focus down the ventricles that's irrit irritable and firing faster than everything else. So AV disassociation, I'll see a PV marking through. If there is no AV disassociation, I just won't see a PV. Exactly, yeah. Just be a Y-complex tachy arrhythmia without P waves, yeah. And you can look at their neck veins. If, you know, if the patient's hemodynamically stable, you can be a little academic about it and look at their neck veins. 